Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, folks. We're all very welcome back to the Talk from the Terrace podcast on both Salic Fanzine TV and on audio on the Salic Soul podcast. So please hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. In this episode, I'm joined by... Former Secretary of the Selic Supporters Association, Eddie Tono. It's been a while, Eddie, since you've been in for a chat. Uh, you're very welcome back to the show. Uh, and another cup final to look forward to the weekend. Now, the last cup final we had you on uh, before before we had that um, quadruple treble win it, with penalties. A late, late, a late, late show. It wasn't exactly good for the heart, but an empty stadium. But you just told me there offline before we come on that the game will go ahead. There'll be no restrictions. It will be a full stadium because as we enter into these uncertain times again, it's great to know that um, the antigen test and the flight will not be um, a waste of money. <laughs> so, Eddie, you're very Absolutely. welcome back to the show. No, it's nice to be back. It must be a year. This time last year, we were anticipating the Scottish Cup. So, we've yeah. now got a League Cup final this season. A Cup final every December would be nice. It's a nice warm up for Christmas. And the big question on everyone's lips who would have tuned into that show, Eddie, do you buy a new short for the League Cup final? Well, I don't. I don't. I've, I've, uh, Scottish Cup final only. Uh, League Cup final, you're just not too sure because. Yeah, the weather could be a bit inclement. We've been in the winter; it's always a bit colder. You can you can plan your outfit for the Scottish Cup final for a nice sunny day in May. Yeah, but the league cup's a bit well, different. Maybe you should get yourself a green duffel for Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I've got an old one in a wardrobe somewhere. So, Eddie, do you think um, Ange can deliver that first trophy to us on Sunday? Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously we're under a wee bit of pressure at the moment in terms of squad numbers and who's available is and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see what the team's going to be. But uh, I never take anything for granted, particularly around the League Cup, because, you know, it's a it's a bit of a tournament I've had a bit of a love-hate relationship with, you know, since I remember in the early days of starting to go, my first League Cup final was in 1971 when we 
got hammered with Partick Thistle, you know, and that was a, a great, great Celtic team. Uh, and Partick Thistle slaughtered us 4-1. Uh, I think I'd been to three League Cup finals before was actually on the fourth we're actually seen as winning a game uh, when we beat Hibs 6-3 and Dixie Danes get a hat-trick the three previous to that we were always strong favourites uh, and lost all three so I'm always a bit I'm always a bit wary when it comes to League Cup final uh, it took us a long time I think to settle into the League Cup the 1970s was great for the for the League Cup final so yeah I'm not taking anything for granted but I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I think, Eddie, but um, Brendan Rodgers, he delivered them league titles. He put an end to those, uh, as I said, the old-timers when they were, oh, the League Cup, you know, this, that, there's a spell on us. I always, John Fallon always spoke about all those years about the League Cup, how it was how it was the hardest for Celtic to win. But um, I think those, uh, I think they're in the back of our mind now. You know, we, well, I'm, I'm hoping so. Certainly in recent years, we've had a much... A bunch better loving with the League Cup, you know. Obviously, we've had quite a bit of success in, in recent years, and that sort of, you know, coincided with the with the quadruple treble. So yeah, I, uh, hopefully we'll bury the the hoodoo that surrounded the League Cup final. But but for me, it's still there, and that's why I'm always I'm always a bit wary getting into League Cup finals. I never take them for granted. So uh, we're going to get there and earn it. But you know. We Alston and Alston being in the forum is done anything's possible. You, you, you mean Ralston Aldo? That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> um, Eddie, just does Paul Lambert was on the TV during the week on one of the uh, Sky Sports programs, and he was chatting about Ange, and he says he draws some similarities to when Wim Janssen came to the club, um, and obviously Wim won. His first trophy was the, was the League Cup as well, and then went on to yeah. on that glorious sunny day in in paradise when he he stopped the ten and we won the league and what 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 a night that was going down the Gallagher. Um, oh, absolutely! But do you absolutely. draw any comparisons, or has it been you know have you talked back to those those Wimians and that one Wimians in year and what he came into and what Andrews had to come into and the rebuild they both had to do and both of them. In League Cup finals and the chance for Ange to, no, I, you, know, I th- I, you know, I think you can. I think that's a fair comparison. You know, obviously, you know, Wim came at that time, and we we started rebuilding to, to, to Wim come in. To be fair, you know, we had the Tommy Burns years, and then we lost a few players. But I think we were getting towards a bit of stability on the park, you know. And, and Wim came in and sort of in the ninety-eight season got us over the line. Obviously, they winning the League Cup. At, Ibrox that day was was fantastic and and again we hadn't I don't think we'd win the league cup for fifteen years at that point fifteen sixteen years prior to that uh, so there was a great sense of relief uh, when Wim came in so I'm not quite sure of the comparison in that regard in terms of such a long barren spell we haven't no won a title for so long and no won the league cup one Scottish Cup in ninety five and all that time you know we have had periods of you know massive periods of success in recent years but. But clearly where the comparison is, is Andrews came in and had to rebuild almost completely, starting off from scratch. Uh, the squad's unrecognisable for the squad that played in the Scottish Cup final at this uh, this time last season. Uh, my concern for Sunday is, is that, you know, just the injuries we have and, the, you know, and, and how, how we're going to line up and... You know, we're getting over the line at the moment and we're, we're just getting over the line in games and it's great and, and it's admirable given 
you know, the demands in the squad and the fact that we're missing so many key players. But uh, I think if we can win on Sunday, also, you know, might give us the boost that Wim's team got as well, you know, so I think there's a comparison there. You know, I think everybody would get a huge lift by Ange winning his first trophy. It'd be great winning one trophy when you're in the door, apparently. In this country, you're a genius if you won one trophy every three or four years if you're managing other clubs, but Ange's only been in, Ange's only been in the door five minutes and we're in our first final and, and we're looking good for it. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, injuries, and uh, but the captain's still there. Have you been impressed by Callum this season? Captain's been immense, hasn't he? Uh, I mean, he's just never let us down. Uh, I'll tell you the game that really stood out for me about how good Callum is it was a couple of weeks ago at Tanadise, you know, sitting in the shed behind the goal there and just watching his movement and how he drives the team on, how he shuts other teams down and absolutely fantastic for me he's been the player of the season so far there's been other contenders you know obviously Jota's been a great addition Kyogo's fantastic mentioned Anthony Ralston earlier on as well being completely outstanding but for me the man of the season so far has been Callum McGregor and he is the one bit of stability we've had through the more recent successful years and and he knows what it's like to go to Hamden and he'll be hammering, he'll be impressing to, to all these other guys who are maybe experiencing it for the first time and uh, the importance of the occasion and, and I fully expect him to be crucial again when it comes when it comes to Sunday. Yeah, it's it's um, it's great to see him, you know, kicking into that role because Scott Brown was there for so long and, you know, there was pressure on him coming into the, the captain's role and I had David Potter on doing a little tribute to Bertie and um, he spoke about, you know, that great midfield of Bertie and Bobby Morlock. And he spoke about Paul McStay. But he said, you know, he puts Callum McGregor, you know, not quite in that mould yet. But he said he could be because he said he's been, he's just outstanding. And, it, you know, David's seen, you know, even more more midfielders than you at the club, Eddie. So, you know, great, great um, compliment oh, from David. Oh, I mean, it's a huge compliment for somebody with the knowledge of David. I'm, I'm, anytime I listen to David, I'm always impressed with his football knowledge is incredible and if he's saying that about Callum then I'm not going to sit here and argue with him you know <laughs> he's uh, he's turned out to be I always thought he'd be a good captain you know even you know he was always for me looked like the, you know the natural successor to Bruni uh, I think he gets a bit of help there are other players in that squad who are real leaders as well notably the goalkeeper uh, great organisers you know at the back he seems to keep his defence I think Carol Starfield's really coming on to a game Cam, Cameron Vickers looks decent uh, and all that so you know there are lots of leaders I think now in that squad but, but Callum's head and shoulders above them all and it's important I think for Celtic that you have that continuity here's the guys came through the ranks at the club you know productive youth system and maybe guys like Ralston take the lead for, you know, for Callum as well had to go out and loan it's very very rare does a player go out and loan and then come back and be a big success at the club and and Callum is an example of that could happen and, and hopefully you know people at Ralston and maybe others at Southern Lawn at the moment can take the lead for that and come back and, and kick on as well you know Yeah I, I chatted to um, Callum one of the, the pressers um, a couple of weeks ago and he said you know that when he went to North County I Celtic he had everything as a young player you know he had all the supports but he said when he went to North County he realised that there was players there and, you know, the bonus was the difference between them paying the mortgage and not paying the mortgage. And, you know, he, he said he really had to grow up and, and it opened his eyes. 
And when he came back, I remember when he missed the the, the goal in uh, Germany against Borussia Mönchengladbach. I've, I I've, I was cursing him that day, like coming out of the stadium, because it could have been a, another another win in Germany that got away, and I was cursing him. Yeah. But I could never have imagined that night when when we settled in for a point back in in um, I think I forget where we went, I think we went back to Dusseldorf. But I remember, you know, I was talking about the game, and I, I could never have imagined he was going to have the career that he's had at the club yeah. and, and win the amount of trophies and now he's in the driving seat as captain but you mentioned another yeah. one Tony Ralston um, I think I've told this story before we were going to a cup final I can't remember which one it was Tony was out on loan and he was in um, it must have been the Scottish Cup final and he was in Dublin on a weekend with his mates and he was on the same flight as us going back to Glasgow on the, on the Sunday or Saturday morning whatever it was and I asked him, was he going to the game? And he didn't have a ticket. <laughs> you know, he was he was still on Celtics books, but he was on loan. He was the forgotten man. The, the most did forgotten you phone, man. Did you phone Hilly and sort him out then, did you? Yeah, well, there was a few phone calls, but I think he ended up watching it with his mates. They were, they were, I think they had a good night on the Saturday night, or the night before. But Eddie, like now he's, now he's cemented a place for himself. He's in that squad. The, the, he's been... He's been, you know, he's been outstanding. No, like, and he is. I'm just so delighted for him because you know the, the ups and downs he's had. You know, from he came into the team force. We all remember the Neymar game against Barcelona and that. And then he was out on loan, and he was no manager really gave him a chance. And then Ange yeah. comes in. He's, you know, Ange hasn't a lot to play with at the start of the season. He gives him his chance. He grabs it with, with both hands and both feet. And then on on um, Wednesday night in Dingwall. What a way to win a game, Eddie. Oh, incredible. I was sitting a few minutes before it, you know, two rows to the, to the back of the stand there with my head in my hands and starting to think, because my take on this is, is we need to stay on their coattails right up to January and we need to win in January. And, and I was sitting there, really, you know, turned to Jeanette and says, this is not happening. I don't see the goal coming. And I really felt quite, I was getting more agitated and more angry as, you know, the time the clock was ticking and ticking. And just a huge feeling, a sense of relief. And for me, it's one of the most vital last-minute goals we'll, we'll score, you know, and it could be so, so crucial. And it's great to see somebody like Ralston getting it. But for me, for me, he's a great story because if you remember, when Ralston came into the team, it was him and Tierney were going to be the two superstars, the right-back and the left-back. And the comparisons were always there. But in I remember both of them even when they were younger than that in the youth squads and, and, and people used to talk about who was the best player amongst the two of them and then obviously Kieran kicked on you know just so quickly and, and matured so quickly and for me became Kieran Taylor's a world class defender there's no doubts about it and uh, uh, and, and, and you know his his rise was meteoric you know Anthony Ralston said to take a different route. He said to go and loan a couple of times. He's came back in, probably got back into the squad by default. You know, the, the squad was in the bare bones at the start of this season, but he claimed that number two position and, and it's, his, it's his to lose now, you know, it's, as far as I'm concerned. I know Geranovic was one of our big sub marquee signings, if you like, in uh, uh, one of Angie's players, but that's Tony Ralston's position right now and in, 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 and it's up to other players to try and come and take off him, but he doesn't look like relinquishing at any time soon. You know, he, he's just he's putting in 
he's defending well. He's getting up the park. He's, I think he's, I don't know, about five or six goals he scored already this season. And, you know, it's phenomenal. And it's a great story. And the great thing about it is he's clearly, you know, a Celtic kid, you know, he was brought up in the traditions of Celtic, he's a Celtic fan, and it's always important despite, you know, having all these wonderful foreigners coming into the club and, and doing great things, It's for me it's really important that we have kids like that in my team, you need to have that link to to our roots and our community and stuff like that and, uh, and, and you always need people that are in the dressing room and and I hope he's here for a long time and I hope he continues to improve and perform the way he is because for me, you can't get enough players through your own youth academy and into your first team. It's just great to see. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I didn't get a ticket for the game. I, I didn't get out in the ballot. Um, but I only got back from Glasgow on Monday after Sunday's game. And I, ha- I have to say, I had a good night. My son was off with me and his mates. And I think I rolled back the years uh, in the brazen head <laughs> on, um, <laughs> on Sunday evening. And... I was probably struggling a bit Monday and I was probably kind of happy then that I wasn't getting up at, you know, to get the, the fly on Wednesday and get the bus up. I was, I was kind of happy I didn't get a ticket. And um, so I'm watching the game and I hate watching games at home um, because last season just done me head in. I'm watching the game and then uh, I, I turn around and I said to Sam, I says, and I use this line and says, I fucking hate watching games at home. I says, at least if you're there, you can feel, even if you lose, you can feel yeah. bad for, or draw, you feel bad for going down the road. But I says, I, you know, I'm going to go to bed now in bad form because it was coming to the end of the game. We, yeah. we got the corner and I'm, I hadn't even seen if it was a penalty claim or not, but I'm screaming <laughs> penalty because, you know, it's just yeah. the emotions. But the camera goes into the corner. And John Paul Taylor's in the corner. I've you don't understand. It's in the clip, yeah. And I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what he's saying. But he's obviously encouraging him. <laughs> yeah, just thought, absolutely. I just thought, I texted, you know, J, I texted JP and says, you have to take the credit for ah, that goal, mate. I've seen I mean, your encouragement sparked the whole thing, you know, so. But it was it was brilliant. <laughs> and I just wish the camera had to went back to him. Um, <laughs> because because I, I, I leapt off the sofa and the dog done a run. And it was like, it was dancing around the sitting room. And I, I'm not a fan of Twitter already. I don't go on Twitter after games because yeah. of last season. Yeah. But um, I went on and I went on Facebook and I went and I actually took about 50 screenshots of people's comments and they were just absolutely, I read them all the next day. They were just amazing. Yeah. And one of them, one of them was, was, was a bloke that said, um, I've got COVID and I've been, you know, laid, laid down all week, he says. And I'm just after jumping up, he says. And I think I've thrown the Christmas tree out the window. Something to those effects. It was absolutely brilliant. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there was a few televisions getting out the window for folks for the other side of the city, to be honest. I don't know about Christmas trees, but I'm sure there was a few tellies went out the window. And, uh, and you know, it was Bedlam. We were, as I just said, we, we were in the second back row. And that we stand behind the goal. And, you know, we're coming out against stadium and Jeanette says, probably quite lucky we were on the second back row because I think had we been any nearer the pitch, we would have been on the pitch as well, you know. So, you know, I know there's been a bit of negative press about the celebrations. As you always give me a negative press for everything, but, uh, you know, it was just sheer exuberance and stuff like that. There was no matter. In fact, I looked at the pitch invasion, there was actually two young fellas, kids, and they came through the Ross County end of the ground and they sort of a stand opposite the dugouts. Right out the middle, it's halfway line, right, and and they were involved in the melee as well, and then and then, and then at the end of it, the the leg that back, uh, 
and got back into the end of the ground. Now, I don't know if there were a couple of young Celtic fans from up that way or what, but, you know, it was... It was just fantastic, you know. It was just the sheer joy, the magic of the moment, and and it made the trip down the road a lot easier. Because as I say, I was sitting there a few minutes before, thinking, "Fucking four-hour journey." You're not by two in the morning, and you're anticipating, "Are we going to win the league? How do we get back into this title race?" And and it just made the journey so much more enjoyable and so much easier and quicker, probably. Uh, with a couple of young fellas that were booked on at the bus, no members of the club in there. We seem to have lost them. They never came back in the bus, but their bags were there. And I was saying, oh, how do I fucking get these bags back? And then eventually the young fella appeared about 20 minutes after everybody else. And what happened? He says, oh, I was on the pitch, he says. And then I dropped my phone, he says, but I ran off and get back in. He said, I didn't realise I dropped my phone. He was back in the stand. And then I could see my phone almost in the 18-yard line. And I was trying to work out a way how I was going to get back on the pitch together. And... But eventually he did. Apparently, I should get him back. And uh, I have to say, I thought, you know, I, I thought the, the stewards and stuff like that up there probably dealt with most of that fairly decently. I'm sure one or two people might have other stories to tell. But looked, for me, it was all good spirited. It was, in, you know, it was just sheer joy and, and the emotion of the, the occasion. It was, it was absolutely magic. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 for me, for me saying, you know, before the game, I'm kind of glad I didn't go now. You know, good night's sleep, and you know, get up, get over, get over Sunday's game now, and I'll be ready to go for the cup final again. And I was saying, just yeah. I wish it wasn't that bus now coming down the road, and I would have, <laughs> I would have been getting on a flight nearly straight away, like so I wouldn't, yeah, I, I yeah. would have been exhausted, Jesse. But you know that that um that put me in mind of um when Arthur Barrage saved that penalty against Moscow. Um, oh, definitely. That Absolutely. Was, I, I had that kind of feeling, you know, that like, yeah. it, it was like, it was just amazing and just great to have it. But, um, and to see everyone, like, I think, you know, you're always going to get people criticising fans going on the pitch, but I think that was like, you know, like, I don't because, um, like, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just the, the moment, you know, you're in the moment and if someone goes on the pitch and you're next to them, well, you're going yeah. over that fence. You're too, in the like, room. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew, can I interrupt for two minutes? One of your members has just come to the door to collect a cup final tickets, believe it or not. So, no problem, give me two mate. seconds. No Dad, problem. Yeah, we're good to go. These things never stop, you know. <laughs> Any time I'll take two. Eddie, I just, um, I know we're, we're all on a high and it was great celebrations and there is a, there is a, you know, a certain togetherness between the players, the the fans, and and the manager at the moment. And and I said it to Joe Hart at the press conference the other day. Um, I said to him, um, you know how how he was enjoying it, you know, and he he's loving it. And obviously he's he's in front of the fans and he's loving every minute of it. But um, we do have the the I suppose the the whole Bernard Higgins thing hanging over us at Celtic Park. Um, you know, with the silence at the games and. It's just one of the things, Eddie, that um, there hasn't been much dialogue. Um, there hasn't been any comments from the club. It's still hanging over us. Um, have we heard anything, Eddie? Is there going to be talks? Or, you know, have they said, yeah, he's getting the job, or nay, he's not getting the job? Well, felt absolutely nothing. And, and for me, that's the big problem. I mean, the people who have it in their gift to put us all thank you, bed. Michael Nicholson, Etawi, and Bankier, they are the people. They'll see both. They could just bury this with the stroke of a pen. They could pick up the phone and say, let's organise a quick meeting. Or, you know. And for some reason, they've chosen not to do that. 
why you've chosen not to do that, I don't know. Because you're right, there is a togetherness at the moment. I think the fans are galvanised for the first time in a long time. There's a real sense of unity. And this is starting to show wee seeds again, a bit of disharmony and, uh, you know, and, and people have clearly had opposing views in relation to, you know, the merits of a, a silent protest. And, you know, and I'm not going to get into that in any great deal. I've got my own views on that. But, uh, but the thing is, you know, you either get involved in these things or you don't. If you don't agree with a silent protest, you can go to the stadium and sing your heart out. But, the people who could just bury all this and really send out a clear message and keep that unity going and keep that level of support going of the board and for some reason have chosen to say absolutely nothing and, and I really I'm bemused as to why I mean my take on the Higgins thing is I really believe that there's, I, I can't see that he'll get this job at this stage of the game I'd be I'd be Amazed if he starts in that position. Whether he's been offered the position or no, I don't know. My understanding he has, but uh, you know, I'm I'm no privy to any of that official information. So, but but it just seems absolute madness that they've allowed this to fester and bubble away for so long. You know, on the back of a huge campaign where all the supporters groups for the first time in a long time are unified. You know. The, the, the statement goes out for them all. So, so you've got the Supporters Association, the Irish Association, the Affiliation, the Celtic Trust, the Green Brigade, the Boys. I'm not even sure if I've missed any, but, but, but they're all fairly unified in their opposition to this. I went to an association delegates meeting only four or five weeks ago and this subject came up and, and I was amazed at the unanimous support for, for, for the campaign to, you know, to oppose Bernard Higgins, even from, you know, some of the old-timers, if you like it, the associate with are expected to back the board you know, on this one. So it cuts across the whole the whole fan base. You know, you see people in the, in the main stand and stand up if you, if you hate Higgins and, all, you know, another chance. And, you know, you've seen all the supporters club banners. So this campaign has been led by the supporters groups, but it's supported across the board. Uh, there's been an email campaign to the chief executive, or the acting chief executive. Tons of people written to him. Not one have been afforded the courtesy of reply. Is this the start of his tenure as the chief executive? What is it he's doing? It leads to you. Who's actually calling the shots? Is it the absentee landlord? Uh, I don't know, you know, but, but what's the end game for the board here? Is it about them showing that, oh, we're not going to bow to fan pressure and we're just going to do our own thing anyway? None of it's very good PR. None of it's very good for club support or relations. And and I'm not quite sure what, how, how they're going to find a way out of this, but it's up to them to find a way out. It's not up to the fans. These protests will continue. They're not going to go away. You know, the silent protests might have been tried and we might move on to something else. People are not going to get away. People are not going to just roll over and accept Bernard Higgins walking into this position. Uh, so there's going to need to be a solution. The only people who can come up with a solution are the people who are running my club. Uh, and I just can't believe that they're, they haven't taken it upon themselves to sort this out soon. Because as you say, if I was running the club at the moment, I'd be wanting to really cash in on this feel-good factor at the moment the links that have become between the squad and the fans, the manager's playing his role there, the players are getting involved, the fans are really backing them, the fans are unified. And we've got this, you know, bubbling away in the background. 
let's bury it, put it to bed and move on. Let's make a real statement and let's say, look, we are, we understand your concerns and in this occasion we're going to move on, we're going to look at another candidate for the job and sends out a great signal and gets everybody, keeps everybody on board and then we're all marching in the one direction. Yeah, it does, Eddie. And it, like from uh, negotiations for, for everything, there's always a back channel. Eddie, and there doesn't even seem to be a back channel for this one, you know, if they don't Absolutely want to go public, none. you know, this is the way we're going to play it. Because you know yourself, there's been negotiations between the associations and the trust before. And when I think back to the safe standing, you know, it's well known that it was the trust that put all that in place and pushed for that. But the club had said, look, it's going to go ahead, but we, we need to announce it and, you know, or something to that effect, if you remember, Eddie. And the trust went okay because the most important thing was to get the safe standing section in. And that's there yeah. and it's been a great success. So, yeah, I, I, I'm disappointed that there hasn't even been a, a back channel, Eddie. But um, when I have someone like you on, Eddie, uh, who has great knowledge of these cup finals, I want to I end them. Um, you have to have a League Cup uh, final story for me. Maybe not as good as your uh, Scottish Cup final story from 1995, <laughs> which you shared with us. Um, in, in your in your bar boy tracksuit, but I'm sure you've got a league cup story for us. I have a couple of league cup stories, but but they, they were in the early years and, and they were misery. You know, I, I can remember standing being four nothing down in my first ever league cup final with Partick Thistle, and my old man saying is, "Don't worry, it's all for nothing. We'll turn this round in the second half." And he, you know, and he convinced me we were going to win the game. It's, you were only playing Partick Thistle. It's, you know, and then Kenny Ogle scored for us to make it four one, and I'm saying, like, okay, the comeback's on. And then we have ten minutes. I go so I could feel his hand on my decollery, my shirt, and said, "Come on, we're going to him the game's finished." You know, and we get marched out. Uh, so that 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 was my my early memories of the league cup, and then the most miserable day I ever had at a match in in my life, probably. You know, irrespective of the score, was. Uh, the 1974 League Cup final when we played Dundee and Gordon Wallace scored a goal for them. He beat us one nothing, and it was it's probably the smallest crowd I was ever in at Ibrox. It was the most awful day, standing in the terrace and behind the goal, and and a monsoon almost, you know, get soaked to the skin, uh, and just absolutely drenched. No crowd there. I can't even remember why the crowd was so low. I don't know if it was down to the weather or there was maybe transport strikes on or something like that. But I think Tommy Gemmel actually played for Dundee that day as well, you know. And uh, and I just remember getting him thinking, I'm never getting back to football. This is rubbish, <laughs> you know. It's like, uh, but for some reason, you know, I was probably at the next game and, and my love affair continued. So but my early memories of the League Cup final were of misery. Changed a wee bit, as I say, in the 63. Yeah, sorry, the 63 game, I think. And was that 75, 76? And uh, when Dixie Dean scored the hat trick, and Joe Harper also scored the hat trick in that game for Hibs as well. There's not many players scored a hat trick in a cup final and don't get a winner's medal. So that must have been a sore one for wee Harper. But, uh, but that was a, a, you know, we talk about, you know, thinking games like the Dundee game put you off. You then go to a match like that as a kid and you think, yeah, this is what football's all about, you know, it's just brilliant, you know, and uh, and then we never won it again until what eighty two? Eighty two and when we beat the we beat the Huns the two one when I think Charlie Nicholas and McLeod put us two and a hundred again another shocking person in in wet wet day. We beat them two one. That was a fantastic that was the first one I could remember when we could go to the pub after the game because 
because there was such a gap and I was only a kid at previous games so I remember getting into the pub in Shittleson that night and having a right good sing song and a few pints and uh, so they all great memories but uh, but much for some reason my, my, my memories around the Scottish Cup are much fonder than they are in the League Cup so I'm hoping there's still more memories to come maybe maybe this Sunday will give me a really magical moment for the League Cup but uh, aye well, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, it'll be. Uh, it won't. There won't be sunshine in late, and there'll be celebrations in Glasgow on Sunday. And uh, I'll be, I'll be actually heading back up the road to Edinburgh to get a flight home on um, on uh, Sunday evening. So maybe I could be. Hopefully, I'll be celebrating a Celtic win in Edinburgh. Um, oh well, fair enough. You know. I'm just heading to Edinburgh Airport now to pick a young fella up. So I might, st- I might stick a Celtic tracksuit on just to let them know that. Give him a wee reminder. Well, well, listen, Eddie. You know me. I don't really have a, have a connection with the big man upstairs, but I know that your young <laughs> lad has. So get him to say a few prayers for Sunday, will you? And, and, and also pray that I, I get me uh, antigen result test back and I'm good to go because there's so there's so much hassle. I'll, to the test, I'll pray for the test results are good because I think the big man upstairs might might have some influence over all of that. But as far as the football goes. And Ange we trust. Brilliant. He's a big man as far as say, we go at the moment. <laughs> Folks, uh, more than 90 minutes, one, issue 118 is now sold out. So I thank everyone for buying that. Um, you'll probably still be able to pick up a copy in Coatbridge in the candy store, Calton Books in Glasgow, or Station Books in London. Uh, and you can also buy the digital edition online by visiting satellitfanzine.com. Eddie, it's been a pleasure to chat. Hopefully we get you back on again. Um, hopefully we win Sunday. Good celebrations. I'll be in Morphy's pre-match for Celtic AM from 12 till 2. There's plenty of Celtic chat and music, so if anyone's about to merge and city, pop in and see us. Don't forget to visit the website, CelticFanzine.com, for news, articles, podcasts, Celtic Fanzine TV, Celtic AM, news on our upcoming events and our online shop. Thanks for listening, thanks for reading, and thanks for watching. And please, thank you for your continued support. And Eddie, I'll leave the last word to you. Just hopefully, you know, as I say, Christmas, the, the cup finals that lead up to Christmas are always great. I hope everybody's a fantastic day on Sunday. I hope they're certainly going to be green and white ribbons on the cup. I hope they're going to be our green and white ribbons. I hope everybody's a fantastic day and hope all your listeners and all the Celtic supporters out there have a fantastic Christmas. God bless every one of them. Hail, hail, Eddie. Cheers, Andrew. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.